When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome to the Big Squid Podcast, where today we're presenting a new two-part episode of Space Podacy. Join Rove McManus, Ben Elwood, and me as we discuss the science fiction classic, Galaxy Quest. Thanks for stopping by for our latest Space Podacy episode, which I've split into two podcasts. As you can imagine, Ben, Rove and I get together and we bang on. You know Ben and I can bang on by ourselves. Throw in a third mix, someone who knows how to talk, someone who knows how to present, you get a two-part podcast. So uh, I hope you enjoy uh, this first part. The second part will come out tomorrow and the rest of the segments, including Squid Bits and you know all the segments that come with Space Podacy, they'll be ready for you then. Uh, before we roll into this episode, a reminder for Adelaide friends that I'm performing at the Rhino Room this Friday, the 3rd of June. So close. It's my first gig back in nearly two years, and I am pumped to be coming back to my spiritual home ground and also to my hometown. It's uh, The last trip I had back to Adelaide was at the end of last year, and I was meant to catch up with a whole bunch of people, and then we had a COVID scare, and I... I uh, was staying at my mum's, and because she has, uh, well, she's vaccinated, but she has a uh, a compromised autoimmune system, so I had to race away and didn't get to hang around and see as many people as I would have liked. So this is a very short trip. Uh, there's a bit of family stuff going on, and then I will be doing the gig on the Friday, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's been nearly two years, some, somewhere, you know, about 22 months, so, you know, around that period, so... Uh, it should be fun. There'll be a whole lot of new things to discuss and the show will start at 7pm and we've got some locals on, so that's great. I haven't seen the local comedy scene for a while, so that will be uh, an opportunity to see what's going on. And for people who listen to Big Squid, I've organised a discount with the promoters for you. If you head to adelaidecomedy.com and type in Hamo, 
H-A-M-M-O, you will receive a discount on your ticket purchase. So if you're around, I'd love to see you there. And uh, what we're doing is we're going to keep the front bar open after the show. So if you've never been to the Rhino Room, you'll go up the stairs and there's a little bar at the front and then it's like the main room and then uh, I've asked them if they can keep that front bar uh, open afterwards. So then uh, if you would like to come and have a drink or say hello, have a photo, whatever you want to do, tell me what you're listening to that you love, tell me what you're watching that you love, whatever you want to do, please hang around and say hi. Uh, If you're looking for more content from me, head over to bigsquidpod.com and you can find my ongoing blog Dispatches from the Fury Road, uh, so that's free. You can uh, check that out whenever it suits you. Especially, I try to write them so they're you know uh, they're they're good to consume if you're you know killing some time waiting for someone to turn up or catching public transport or something like that. So I try to keep them uh, relatively tight. Uh, if you want some exclusive content, head to patreon.com forward slash Justin Hamilton underscore Big Squid. That is patreon.com forward slash Justin Hamilton underscore Big Squid. And you can find podcasts, blogs, even stickers. That's right. You can get a sticker. I don't even have a sticker. I have to sign up to my own goddamn podcast to get the sticker. And it looks great because it's that beautiful James Fosdyke artwork. Damn it. Uh, Everyone who subscribes to Patreon has an episode dedicated to them. And our shout out today goes to Lee Sullivan, who has been an OG subscriber. Lee, thank you very much for being a part of the community here. And uh, I hope you're enjoying the work that we're doing. Uh, I uh, hope you heard the Patreon-only episode, which was of, uh, a few weeks ago. It's a work in progress for our next Beautiful Tales for the Disenchanted. For anyone who's new to the podcast, uh, I'm slowly introducing a storytelling aspect to this uh, feed. I don't just want to be reporting on other people's work. I want to be creating new stories for you as well. And we, uh, up at Patreon, uh, uploaded a, a brand new work in progress for the, for the next episode. Uh, and that's going to be a one-off story called Squeak. And it's very grubby. And it's about two clowns uh, at the bottom of a rubbish tip with another dead clown. I know. Dead clowns, rubbish tips. Of course it's grubby. So uh, Lee and everyone else at Patreon would have uh, heard the work in progress. That'll be coming up uh, in the next couple of weeks. And uh, Sean Allen, who's doing the production on that. Yeah, it's grubby. (laughs) I can't wait. So... um, Lee, I hope you uh, heard that and I hope you enjoyed that and uh, you'll be able to hear that uh, story along with uh, everyone else on this regular feed uh, very soon. So thanks, Lee. I really appreciate it and I hope you get a kick out of this two-part podcast with Rove, Ben and me. All right, let's touch base with one of our favourite sci-fi shows from the 70s, a show that has inspired fans for decades and allows the stars to soak up the adulation at many conventions. Unfortunately, some of these actors haven't quite hit the mark with subsequent TV series and movies or even theatre, and there is tension amongst the ensembled cast. But when they're whisked away by real-life aliens who believe their show to be an historical document, these actors must inhabit the characters they portray to stop an oppressive regime from taking over the solar system. Ooh, tasty. It is time to watch Galaxy Quest. In the far reaches of the galaxy, a civilization is under siege. We are all that is left. They've searched the universe for a leader. Stay tuned for scenes from next week's Galaxy Quest. Never give up. Never surrender. 
He will save us. What they got. Never give up and never surrender. We're struggling TV actors. You are our last hope. Where's my limo? Okay, dokie. And they're about to put on a command performance. Eight million light years away. We are actors, not astronauts. You are our protectors. That was a hell of a thing. Now, Laredo, take us out. You gotta move to the right. Would you sit Stay your parallel. ass down? You wanna drive this to... Acting like heroes. The whole thing was just a misunderstanding. May not be enough. They look like little children. Hi, little guy. I'm done. DreamWorks Pictures presents Tim Allen, Sigourney Weaver, Alan Rickman, Galaxy Quest. You're just gonna have to kill it. We'll go for the mouth to throw his vulnerable spots. It's a rocket that not any vulnerable spots. We have a long-time listener, first-time guest in the Space Podacy yes. part of this podcast, uh, Rove McManus, who also suggested Yay. this movie. Thank you, we- gentlemen. Thank you for having me. And what's fun is we always start this off with the question, when did you first see this movie? And for me, it was Wednesday. And for you, you Ben, <laughs> last it, was, night. it was last night. <laughs> so we're just going to throw the question directly to you. When did you first see Galaxy Quest? I, I saw it in the cinemas. Right, in I saw it when it came out in 99. Yeah. Um, I wasn't aware it was 99 until looking back at it. It's funny because when we were saying, oh, let's sit down and think of something. Yeah. And there were options. And knowing that you guys probably have a back catalogue of a list of your own. And I had uh, Close Encounters was one of them. Yep. Uh, the Day the Earth Stood Still, the very the, the original one. Yep. Which I think was 51. 51, mm. yep. Uh, and then I thought, what else? Because it's always comedy rule of threes. And I just thought, what's a sci-fi film that I enjoy? And then I don't know what happened, but just in my head, just fucking Galaxy Quest. Yeah. And then I had that thought of, oh, I haven't seen it in a while. But I have seen it since it was out in the cinemas. I'd always seen I'd, I have seen it multiple times. Right. In the past, uh, I'm sure somewhere in a box, it's on DVD. Yeah. It's one of those films that I remember thoroughly enjoying. But... Time has passed. Yep. Does it hold up comedically? Does it hold up with a lot of other things? And is it one of those ones that I could request to two other people who haven't seen it before and have them go, huh? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I was, uh, I was very pleased that well, it, it came up. Well, you know, it's 23 years ago and comedy has moved forward and you don't... I find with comedy, like, even the ones that are still brilliant, there's these moments where you... Not all the time, but sometimes you'll be watching a movie that is a classic film and then suddenly you're going... The lead character's in blackface for this scene. <laughs> Why is that happening? And then and it just kind of takes you out of it. This movie felt to me as fresh as when it first came out. I thought this was incredibly funny. Mm. I thought I had a really good time with this film a lot. And I was uh, it had a level of poignancy for fandom that I did not expect. And uh, yeah. I, I loved that about it. And I think one of the things that that held it in good stead to begin with that has, again helped it stand the test of time is that it doesn't 
mock that fandom. Yes. There's a there's a level of um, playfulness that comes with it, but yeah. that can only come from people on the inside yeah. making jokes about themselves almost. Yeah. So there's obviously the obsessive nerdery that comes with sci-fi yeah. in this, but because it wasn't, they, they weren't looking down their nose at fandom, you can still look at it now and, and there would be a lot of films that probably would have done that at the time. They didn't, and in many ways they were ahead of the curve, Yeah, which is why for Star Trek fans, it's actually held in very high esteem. Yeah. As, as a film, because I think a lot of people went to go see it thinking, oh, they're just going to make be making fun of us. They'll call it Galaxy Quest, mm. but we know that what they're referencing is Star Trek. And it turns out that it's actually quite lovingly embraced, and yeah. I think that's what helps it last. Yeah, I, I watched it on the Wednesday, and you hadn't watched it quite yet, Ben. And I remember, watched it last night. And remember I was saying to you, this is actually going to be the perfect movie for you at the moment. Like, this is... <laughs> there is... There's... And no a tiny cynicism. 140. Oh, oh. you know? Not Mate, I, was, I, was not very, I was very grateful that you suggested this because it was, I, I mean, maybe it's a product byproduct of getting to 40 last year, yeah. but I'm kind of in that, not overly nostalgic period, but definitely watching stuff from the late 90s, kind of going, oh, it just was simpler, right? Well, you anything know, with Tim, Tim Allen as the lead actor certainly dates something for right. a particular yeah, yeah, yeah. period of time. Right. But it right. had that aesthetic, and also I think it was a celebration of the kind of fandom that we came up with, not this kind of mega global conglomerate fandom that exists yes. now where it's like, you know, Hall H of the Comic-Con and there's 10,000 people screaming for the new Star Wars spin-off. It was yes. when fandom really was... For, for nerds, it's and, it's, it's, and, where, and it's where it's meant to be, yeah. Ben. It's where it's meant to be. Well, and you that know, the pe- <laughs> and, that, and that the people involved in that oh, that is if, are fueling that fandom mm. are to a certain extent as invested in it. Yeah. Like I don't know how much Robert Downey Jr. has read any of the comics or cares about the folklore totally. in, in Marvel. Yeah. Not yeah, that yeah, he has yeah. to anymore. Yeah. But this idea that, like, yeah, they would be rolled out at, at Comic Con and they would wave to everybody and say, "Can't wait for the next five amazing films we have in store." Yeah, for yeah, you. yeah. Um, and same with Star Wars. Like, it's this. It's so big now. Yeah. And people come in and out of these franchises and and universes that. I don't know how invested they are. The fans are, but how many people involved in these kind of um, shows or, or franchises, because that's what they are, care about as much as they probably would have back when it was something like Star Trek. I would go one step further and say, I'm not sure that the massive fan are as invested as well, the true. old school fans. Because I think when you were, when this was a subculture that, let's face it, you were called a fucking loser for being into and everything. I mean, all the dudes, all the jocks and the bros that used to, I sound like I'm so, like I'm so hard done by, <gasps> jocks and bros. Uh, all the jocks and bros that used to make fun of me on Who's the bus. Who's like, yeah, but You know, <laughs> yeah. they're all the guys that are the most... Marvel people now, you know, like, mm. oh, fuck, did you see the new one? Yeah. And it's like, are you into this because you're into the mythology and the world building and all that? Or are you into it because it is the culture now? Yeah. And much like sport or any kind of like massive thing, it's kind of like a given that you are into this now. Yeah. And so, like, I wonder if they're into it because they love the thing or they're into it because of the celebrity engagement or you know whatever i think it's because it's it's what's popular yeah. it's not a it, you weren't liking it when it was niche you weren't liking it when it was still off to the side i uh, i watched the most recent um the the spider-man um, no way home, no way home mm. the new doctor strange movies coming and i had this thought of 
I remember when the idea of mm. time, even time travel, the yeah. idea mm-hmm. of going back and like a, a Back to the Future premise or something where you go back and what you do going back in time can alter the future of what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Had people like going, what? Now we're yeah. talking about multiverses <laughs> yeah. with no exposition. Theory. No, <laughs> yeah. it's just taken as a given that the general populace are just across it now. Yeah, which is a, I think, in part, a, a nice sign that as a, as a society we're all kind of being more open to these types of things. Mm. But I still feel that there there was a time when that would have people would have looked at you like you were an absolute tool and a nerd, but. I don't know that people are buying into it as much as it's just, well, this is what Marvel are telling you this story's about. And so you just shrug and go, okay. Yeah. And also the addiction to the anticipation machine. Sure. And you've often said it, you know, that a lot of the time the movie is the trailer for the next movie. And yeah. I think a lot of people, ah, yes. a lot of people that I know, like this one, my friend Francis, God love him, he 15 years ago would just, he would cry with laughter when he'd see a comic book in my bag. And it wouldn't, but, you know, it could, it could be Watchmen, it could be Dark Knight, it could be one of the, the ones. You know, Time, Best 100 Novels of All Time. And he would, like, cry laughing. Like, oh, you fucking... <laughs> comics, yeah, you, fucking do, you fucking child, all this kind of stuff. He listens to every Marvel podcast. He's, like, addicted to it now to the point where it's, like, become a parody of itself. Like, it's mm. so ridiculous. And the tables have completely flipped. Now it's me crying with laughter at him <laughs> and how adolescent he's become. But it's like, are you into this or are you just into the kind of like, oh, you know, did you see in the trailer there was, you know, an alternate Doctor Strange and what's that mean? Da, 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 da. Like, or, or like, or, what, are you, and what are you hooked on? Yeah, of that sense of I'm going to see it first. My nephew went to see uh, No Way Home mm. and all he wanted to do was just tell me what happened in it. And I said, I haven't had the chance to see it mm. yet. I'm going to go see it. So I've seen it like three times. Mm. I was like, great. Well, let's go see it a fourth time together. Yeah. And in that conversation, he kept coming back to me and saying, I just, oh, but there's this thing. I said, look, I've kind of, the major spoiler has been spoiled. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, oh, but there's others. There's others. <laughs> yeah, okay. And I was like, okay. And then next thing I know, he's getting out his phone and showing me a clip of that someone has illegally shot in a cinema of a different part of the movie mm, that I, mm, I wasn't. Uh, privy to mm. and I was like is that, is that what this is about I think it's so. that yeah. you get to see it first and therefore you get to tell someone oh, ju- oh wait till you see this wait till you see yeah, this yeah, 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 yeah. but I'm sure if I turned around and said to him oh well that, what a great concept this multiverse thing and how to bring in previous franchises and, and legitima- le- legitimise them and make them canon that's really cool and what a great concept mm. that you wouldn't have been able to pull off mm. five ten years ago Hey, I watched this show called Doctor Who. Nah, not interested. Yeah, yeah. Well, fucking you know, nerd shit. You're just loser. nerd shit. Like, Ugh, don't be dumb. That's not cool. Right. You're like, okay, so so so, what are you into with this again? Yeah, it's, is yeah. it is it the ideas behind it, or like you say, is it the branding? Well, I, my like, I like. Uh, I think family entertainment and especially things kids are seeing. The bigger the idea, the better. I like them to be influenced 100%. by you know these crazy concepts that they've never thought about before. My issue now with it is that because it's through this uh, machine, it's a watered-down version of the concept. Uh. And I saw a movie on Sunday that may have fucked up any enjoyment I have of Doctor Strange, which is uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. I saw your Mm. uh, tweet about it. Out of control. I wasn't even aware of it. I looked at the trailer. I stopped watching the trailer three-quarters of the way through because I went, 
I don't want to see the rest of it. I, I don't seen... want to see any other clips mm-hmm. of something in mm-hmm. this film. I hadn't seen the trailer. I just had read the concept and, uh, you know, and it's starring a 59-year-old Malaysian woman and Michelle Yeoh. It has a 63-year-old Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, has yeah, almost unrecognisable. Amazing. Unrecognisable. It has short round. Oh, I thought that was him. Yeah, and it does to the multiverse, which I feel like I'm now going to see Doctor Strange and go, yeah, he turned into blocks. Yeah. Because it is, they take the idea to such absurd areas, like literally absurd, where I, and even in one scene, I was laughing at the audacity of one choice that they made. And while I was laughing at it, something happened within it that kind of made me a bit choked up. And then it went straight back to absurd and then it went to action, then it went to thrilling and then it went to serious, Mm -hmm. then it went back to a kitchen sink drama and then it was back to being absurd Mm. and then you were just... And afterwards it was like, you know when you've had a roller coaster ride and you are buzzing and then at some point you're like, I need to sleep for a week and a half now because I'm (laughs) coming down. So that's, that's the only kind of real issue that I have with these things. Like, God bless you if you... Loved Spider-Man No Way Home. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it more the second time. But when people were clamouring for that film to be nominated for, oh, for best film, sake. it it look it had big ideas. It had some fan pleasing service in it. Uh, the acting I think is a masterclass. I think the acting mm-hmm. all the way through it is what really holds that together. But from a direction point of view, who gave a shit? Like there were these great moments that should have been overwhelming and what they ended up doing was relying on the fact that that's Toby Maguire in an alley like mm-hmm. do you know what I mean and it's mm. like you could have done something that visually spoke to the idea as well and mm. I, that, that's kind of where my fear with some of this stuff comes in now uh, it takes these amazing concepts that and, and look I'm all for mainstreaming stuff and making yeah. you know stuff accessible to the masses but it flattens it, it you know Spider-Man No Way Home is the Che Guevara t-shirt of multiverse movies you know what I mean it's, <laughs> it's, like, it's seeing it's, a three year old kid in a Ramones yeah, shirt yeah exactly like, it's yeah. like yeah okay you did it but really all you really did was kind of take this concept of infinite possibility and flatten it and shrink it down to a point of like this three Spider-Men. Like, really? In the whole yeah. multiverse, there's three. Well, that's like, true. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I, even give me give me a scene where the whole multiverse splinters open and you see a billion spot. You know that, uh, like, when I saw the trailer where Doctor Strange is trying to hold the sky together, mm-hmm. that, in my mind, I was like, oh, that's the moment the sky splits open and, you know, you don't even need to introduce them all. You just see fucking yeah, you could 500 have, million. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, you could have had a shot of, like, uh, the Spider-Man TV show. Yeah. You yeah. could have had... Animated Miles Morales, like you all know, of them. all of that kind of. Which they have done on the Flash. I know you watched the DC TV show. The, uh, yeah, I watched the first couple of seasons. I think that did multiverse and time travel yeah. really well. Yeah, and and using old actors yeah. from original yeah. Yeah, yeah, TV yeah. shows and films. And they brought Kevin Conroy, yeah. the, the yeah, voice yeah. of Batman, in yeah. to play old like Kingdom Come Bruce Wayne. Yeah, what I what I like about Galaxy Quest that they do with with some of this is that they're not the only real. Uh, out and out mockery that happens mm. is the jock guys coming into the toilet at the convention and they're not mocking the fans. Yeah. They're not mocking the show. They're mocking Tim Allen's character about, well, here they are all on stage together. Mm. That old guy doesn't understand that everyone else on that show doesn't like him. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only thing 
that that's the only cynicism. That's in the, the whole only movie. cynicism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is them just going? Did you see him up there thinking he's a hero, and actually the rest of them think he's a dickhead? Nothing about these stupid fucking fans with their stupid, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, fake heads and <laughs> yeah. dumb hand signals and yeah. what a ridiculous show it doesn't even look real. Like mm. none of that comes into it whatsoever. Yeah. Also, the great thing about that moment is that Tim Allen's character bounces back really quickly and is back to believing fully in himself within like <laughs> and a very quickly. Hours. Like yeah. in the time it takes. Well, first. The first time he's taken onto the ship, he's hungover. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't re- like, comes back and only then realizes what has happened. Yeah. So, in the moment, that was all you would think not really anything he was taking in. Yet, suddenly, he does realize, oh, that that was real. Not this in the moment is real, but that was real. Goes back to collect the rest of the, the team. He gets taken first. They are. 15, 20 minutes, let's say. Yeah. Let's be generous, say half an hour behind him. He is already yeah. now clean shaven, yeah. yeah. back in his uniform. Yeah. Oh my God, guys, wait, this isn't even the ship. This yeah. is just the docking bay. Come with me. Yeah. All of a sudden, he's, before introducing the aliens to the team, he can't even remember what planet they're from, what species they are. Now he's, again, suddenly had this info dump. I don't know how they plugged yeah. him into something. <laughs> But he now knows absolutely everything. He's not awe-inspired by the ship. He's like, already seen it. Yeah. I know their entire history. Yeah. Oh, by the way, there's this bad guy we need to watch out for. Uh, that's kind I'm of... like, how long have you been there for? Does <laughs> yeah. time travel differently? He's there? a really endearing character in the fact that he just accepts everything and goes, oh, yeah, this is working out for me, so I yeah. might as well go for it. Let's, uh, let's get an idea of what uh, the, uh, the background of this movie is. Uh, we have the segment Google Me Chuck. These are the top four responses when you Google yes. Galaxy Quest. <laughs> Uh, I'll do the top one last, but the the others are why Galaxy is Galaxy Quest feet? Sorry, <laughs> not Galaxy Quest feet. No, no. Uh, why why is Galaxy Quest so popular? Is Galaxy Quest funny? Is Galaxy Quest a parody of Star Trek? But the top one is is Galaxy Quest a perfect movie? And the answer is. Galaxy Quest is a hidden gem, but it's a science fiction comedy movie that is loved by diehard fans and a worthwhile watch for new viewers, complete with action, drama, aliens, comedy, and Alan Rickman, the 1999 movie is still a masterpiece to behold. And I thought, that feels pretty fair enough, right? I I might have this wrong, but I'm pretty sure J.J. Abrams, when he was doing Star Trek, uh, was asked at a a press junket, what is the best Star Trek movie? movie and he resp- responded with galaxy quest galaxy quest Great. that is uh that's a good response jj <laughs> almost makes up for having horses on star destroyers um <laughs> segment first context these are some of the sci-fi movies that came out before and after mm-hmm. in 1995 you have Waterworld. 96 un- that is Waterworld. an uncelebrated gem oh world i don't know people rag on Waterworld. i watched it for the first time a couple of years ago it yeah. is Outstanding. It's the yeah. first time I ever remember a film's budget. Yeah, yeah, being coming just, into yeah. play before it came out, and like all the troubles that they had on set. That yeah. was the Dude, start of great. that being the narrative for any film before it comes out. Yeah, it's it's Waterworld, Waterworld, Mad, Mad Max. Max, Waterworld, and yeah. if you watch it like you would watch Hook or something like that, like if you pretend it's like a late nineties, you know, early teens kids movie, it's fantastic. No, and I've, the live show at Universal Studios still holds up. Right, <laughs> I believe. I be, I'm not sure that they've changed it from Waterworld. I'm right. pretty sure it's still Waterworld. <laughs> yeah. I am. It's amazing. I'm very excited by this because I've always thought doesn't deserve the criticism no, it that does. it gets. It's 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 great. Um, 1996 Independence Day, which has that great scene where that alien dares to talk about Will Smith's wife and he punches <laughs> it in the face. 
1997, Face Off, 1998, The Truman Show, 2000, we get Battlefield Earth and the... Oh, gosh, yes. right Oh, 2001. Dutch Angles. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, all right. Cool. Battlefield Enough Earth said. slash Ubris Ahoy. Uh, 2001, Donnie Darko. 2002, the Soderbergh Clooney Solaris. Um, In the segment, The Year That Was, so in 1999... Great year for film. The movies that come out are sci-fi movies, Bicentennial Man, The Iron Giant, The Matrix. Iron Giant, beautiful film. Yeah, Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, who I had a 26-year-old tell me the other day, the... Prequel trilogy is the best trilogy. Yeah, I, I love this it's twisting of history that happens because yeah. everyone's got to have a hot take. No, no, no. Okay. Well, yeah, but she watched it at the right What's age. You know. The worst thing is so the best funny. thing. I wrote about that today. Anyway, I'll tell you That's about That's an in-joke for us. <laughs> well, I've made it an out-joke. So, okay. <laughs> um, But yeah, she was um, very, very adamant that, you know, like those original trilogies are just boring. Now, at the risk of getting ahead of any squid bits, um, I think... Tim Allen had the choice between this and Bicentennial Man. He did, yeah. And went with this. Yeah, good choice. Yeah. I can't imagine him... No. I mean, as always is the case, you know, once someone's been cast in a role, you can't imagine any of the other people who went for it. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, him doing this and Robin Williams doing Bicentennial Man makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it works out quite well. Uh, The other movie I had down here was uh, Muppets from Space. So that was our... Is that uh, when we found... What Gonzo's species was? Was that that uh, one? Maybe. I've, I haven't watched that in a long time. I get time. confused with the Star Wars episode that they did of The Muppet Show where right. he was Darth Vader. Where he's Darth Vader, yeah. So it's just, <laughs> everything about it funny. is still amazing. Um, Wait, wasn't The Matrix 99 as well? I said The Matrix. Oh, you said The Matrix. Matrix. Yeah, yes. and you got excited when I said it. I thought, oh, no, I'm sorry. It's the pills. So this movie opens at a fan convention Uh which fan conventions have you guys attended in the past? Uh, you and I got papped at a Doctor Who coming out of a Doctor Who fan convention. One of the funniest things ever, because I'd been uh, because you know so many people want to have their photo taken with Rove, and you know, can you take this photo, please? Yes, uh-huh. I can. And uh, <laughs> and then th- we were walking uh, across the road, and there was a guy from a distance taking a photo, and I literally, old school use of the word, literally said to Rove. Fuck, why can't that guy just wait until I get closer and I can take the photo? And he's like, we're being papped. And I was like, ooh, <laughs> that's exciting. <laughs> Two grown men leave Doctor Who convention with lanyards. Yeah. That was the headline. Yep. Yep. Uh, I, so- feel, I feel, surprisingly, that is the only one I've been to. Really? Yeah. There's not a lot of... I could say... Uh, it feels like it's more of a later in life thing, conventions. Like yeah. being mm. here, like the... Most of them, like we get those ones in Queensland and um, uh, Supernova and things like that, have yeah. only, certainly I've been aware of them in more recent years. I was completely unaware that one of the biggest Doctor Who conventions in the world is mm. in Los Angeles every year. And for the seven to eight years that I was living there, I was completely unaware that it was like oh, only brutal. half an hour drive. Oh, away. right, right. Gallifrey. But, but, you know, once again, uh, early on, those things weren't talked about in the mainstream. So if you didn't, if you weren't plugged into it, you didn't know about it. Yes. And this is like, you know, I know about them now from listening to podcasts or following stuff online. Mm. And that wasn't as prevalent, certainly back then. So, um, yeah, I think think that's one of the only ones I've ever been to. I would love to go to more, though. Yeah. I I always wanted to go to Comic-Con. Yeah. 
and never met. I, I came very close one year to going with a group of friends. You could just get on the train mm. from LA and get to San Diego pretty easily. Mm. Um, and one of those things that you're like, you're, you, you've done most of the heavy lifting by moving to the other side of the world. <laughs> right. You just take the train ride and do it. But um, my friend who was going had been before and was a little bit like, yeah, if you don't have something, you're better off going when you have a something to do and you've got people who can show you around or whatever. To right. just kind of go in cold, it can actually be a bit of an unpleasant experience. Right. So I had been pushing. I was working at the time there and was very much pushing the people that I was working with to say, maybe I should go and cover right. Comic-Con and nearly got away with it but didn't manage to pull it off. So yeah, that would be a great context to go in. Yes, just so you can go and take it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can, you know, show you, you can get a nice tasting platter of the whole yep. thing. Yep. And then if you choose to go back again and, and deep dive, go for Not it. Not being one of the yep. fucking hordes of people in cosplay. Oh, that'd be amazing though. Mm. Have you been to any of those, Ben? I used to go to um, OzCon. Right. I don't know if that was in any other state but Sydney. This is the thing. They're, they're, oh. they're very rarely toured and you know, growing up in Perth, there wasn't a lot of them there. Honestly, it's one of those like early childhood teen memories that I have. When, when I think about it, I get the, I get the smell of old comics in right. my nose. Like, yeah. It was oh, just... Fantastic. It was in the Darling Harbour Convention Centre. And it was, again, it was like, you know, ghetto art. So, I mean, you know, there was a few hundred people there, but not... It wasn't teeming. And so when you would line up to meet a creator, I, I lined up for about an hour to meet Jeff Loeb. Yeah. Um, and it was when he was writing Dark Victory, the right. sequel to Long Halloween. Yeah. And he must have spent about 20, 30 minutes talking to me about all my theories of who was the hangman killer and everything. Right. He was so sweet. And there was that oxygen to be able to sit with someone for that long. Right. And him just going like, oh, you're a great kid. You know, yeah, you've really thought about this and rah, rah, rah. And in the end, he gave me a giant poster of Batman and signed it. And he was just lovely. Yeah. And again, it's that kind of the co-opting of fandom. I'm not sure even if a man like that wanted to be that generous with a fan, there'd be any time for it. Right. It's that kind of rubber stamping that happens now. Yes. Where it's like yeah. there's 50,000 people that I got to see and it's like, yeah, yep. thank you very much, stamp, bang, bang. Yep. Back then, there seemed to be a much more kind of... Um, not personal relationship, but you could at least have some kind of feeling of a connection with the yeah. creator. Well, that again is probably going back to what that it's not as niche as it used to be. Mm. So now it probably would have, you know, five times, ten times as many people attending. Mm-hmm. So you need to get them all through. And just, I guess, the money that can be made out of X amount of people paying for an autograph. You just want to move them through mm-hmm. as quick as possible. You don't want to be sitting and chatting. And I can't imagine that that, that is as gratifying for the creator either. Right. Like, again, it's, you know, maybe it's like a, you know, analogous to comedy or something where it's like the smaller crowd that's really there for you. Oh, yeah. you know, I would think they would love to get the feedback you know what I mean? from where the real like, fans who like, know their stuff. This means something yeah. to me. This really means something. And, you know, rather than just kind of like, oh, yeah, I saw your name on the end credits of the Teen Titans TV show, which means you're a celebrity, which means that your autograph might be worth something on eBay one time. You know, like to have a kid kind of come to you and go, your story really means something to mm. me. Um you know, God, that would have been 30 years ago. And yeah. I remember it so clear. Like, it felt so validating at the time as well. 
to have this, you know, it's back when I wanted to be a writer when I grew up and comics were my entire world and to have this guy who wrote this story that meant so much to me. Yeah. Kind of really, you know, connecting was profound. Like, yeah. really profound. Yeah, it, uh, yeah, you do go to these things now. There's someone with, like, 19 graphic novels, yeah. you know, desperately trying to get them all signed. And yeah. it's like, I'd rather you didn't sign anything. Yeah. And we just had a little chat. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, you gotta, you got to bring it up. The, the convention. Oh, yes. Uh, are you the one here? Or? The one we went to, the pilgrimage that we went on. Oh, yeah. So we, we went to the uh, Grant Morrison Con in oh, Las Vegas and uh, had a ripper of a time. And uh, that was kind of... Was it just a con for him? Yeah. Morrison and Con. It was basically, yeah. it was, it was wow. basically like a cult yeah. induction where he was like the figurehead that of this thing terrifying. at the, at the yeah. Hard Rock Cafe in Las Vegas. And yeah. we flew to the other side of the planet to be there. And yeah. it was... Fucking great! It was great, and uh, that, that's I've only ever been to a couple. So I've been to the Doctor Who one with you. I went to that, uh, and that had lots of. He invited a lot of other writers there. Uh, Jim so, Lee was yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, met cool. Jim Lee. Uh, met um, J. H. Williams was there. Frank Quietly. Frank Quietly met Ooh, Frank Quietly, cool. which was what a what a gentle gentle guy. Yeah. And that's where my absolute disdain and ahead of the curve hatred. For Max Landis, really kicked in. <laughs> totally, because he was totally. He was so. Was he awful. holding court? Mm-hmm. He was holding Obnoxious. court. Yeah. He awful. was awful. He was an awful rich kid who mm. couldn't hear the silver spoons clacking up his arsehole mm-hmm. with every mm-hmm. syllable that he was sprouting. <laughs> uh. And I watched on a panel Grant Morrison's body just stay there, but his spirit goes <laughs> yes. somewhere else. And he had a good time and then he came back when he stopped talking. <laughs> and he was... It may have ruined my love of the movie Chronicle, uh, but luckily Michael B. Jordan's made heaps of things since then. So I've got <laughs> other but options. Again, one of the things that comes up in the film, it's, and as, as performers you know what it's like, that, that tug of war you have with your fans. Yeah. You know, being on the side of the performers and creators of something. Yeah. That there's always that... Even to go to... Um, a, a fan convention or something and you do look around and you know i'm i'm not as hardcore as many i, I would never go so far as to cosplay or anything and i don't judge anyone who does but there's still that level of oh yeah i'm a fan but i'm not that much of a fan like even within fandom you do sometimes have those divisions of yeah. oh you know, I, 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 I don't want to be one of those people who's dressed as some obscure character or go yeah. to Comic-Con and you dress as Superman and everyone goes, really, Superman? You're not mm-hmm. going to go with some obscure yeah. Japanese character that no one's ever heard of from an anime thing from 1970? Yeah. Okay, whatever. You really yeah. feel you, you know the comics and you want to be here, huh? Yeah. You don't want to be caught up in that. So, uh, And then sometimes as a performer, sometimes you sit there and you look out, you know, you do it... You, you do a show and you look out the front row and you go, right, these are the, this front row apparently are indicative of these are the people who wanted to be here yeah. first before anyone else. And just sometimes it's like, right, it's just an interesting take to go. So this is, this is like literally these, these are the fans. This is who, who make what you do possible. Yeah. And it's, it's fascinating. It's, it's a very fascinate, fascinating, eye-opening experience. You know, and, and then, sometimes you, it's great to see, and other times you're like, I don't think I wanted to know that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know if my life's any better. 
yeah. for knowing this. And that's what's kind of fascinating about this convention because, once again, there isn't a cynicism to it, but you're seeing, like, Alan Rickman's character. You know, he was a Shakespearean actor who had it all and this is what he's known for. He's is like the cr- Sir Alec Guinness of It's uh, so hard to... to See him in like the the cast that they have for this film. Fucking amazing, right? Amazing, right? Yeah, yeah. And maybe that's why it works. I think everyone is invested in it. Quite clearly, they knew what they were getting into. Yeah, and they all uh, they're all in on it. It is by no means to answer that Google question. It is by no means a perfect film. There are massive plot holes and a lot of character threads that don't really. Uh, connect properly or or wrap themselves up in a satisfying way, but everyone just looks like they're having a great fucking time. Yeah, and and no one looks like they don't want to be there. No, I, I think I think the movie does know itself though. Do you know what I mean? Like sure, sure, sure. I think that's kind of what's perfect about it. And, and everyone and, in it does as well. Yeah, and I would argue that the plot holes and the um, lack of character development in some people actually is in keeping with the homage. Of what he's actually about. That's you know, it's completely yeah, yeah, keeping yeah. him with the context of a kind of, you know, cardboard set Star Trek ripoff. Yeah, and yeah. there's so many nods, and again, it's never done in a mocking way, mm. but playing up on a lot of the cliches that come up in these types of shows, um, that uh, you, you're willing to believe that the ones that are in there that aren't telegraphed and identified yeah maybe are just there because yeah that's what happens in these times that's what happens in these types of films yeah Yeah. so we see the uh, a lot of the fans meeting uh, their heroes uh, and justin long who looks like he's about three is so within the first what (laughs) 10 minutes yeah justin long rain wilson i completely Mm, forgot that they were in this movie. right right i thought that was bill Hader for a while yeah sure i'm sure i'm sure (laughs) I'm sure Rain Wilson and and uh, Hayda have that at every audition they turn up to. Oh, fuck, there he is again. It's so funny. I had the same thing. It yeah. took me a while. I was like, Bill, Rain, Rain, Bill, Bill. Rain. It's Rain. It's Rain. Um, what's the worst question or statement you've made to a famous person? Oh, Sorry. Oh, boy. Um, I, I'll, I'll let you know. I'll, I'll give you one mm. to give you some thinking time. Uh, I'll, to give you, Rove, some thinking time and to give you, Ben, some time to maybe I, I think I know what mine is. Though. I know what mine I, is. I was once too honest in, in a room full of people to author Augustine Burroughs. Uh, I, I stood up to kind of say something, uh, ask a question about one of his books. And um, he... Uh, I somehow got lost in the question and it was when mum had had, a, you know, just um, uh, some health issues. His books had kind of kept her focused and I was a bit too sincere in front of a big group of people and it just kind of meandered off. And uh, the way he answered me was he didn't give a shit and I honestly don't really blame him because I didn't really leave it in a place that he could build off it. Yeah, Do you know sure. what I mean? Like yeah, it wasn't yeah. necessarily his fault. It just kind of went off the rails because uh, the, the mum's health issues at the time popped oh, into my God. head and I went, anyway, whatever. <laughs> What's he done lately? <laughs> Why don't you run with scissors, mate? Little Was Burrow's this one-on-one or in a big uh, No, no, that's Q&A. what I'm saying. In a, big, in a, in a room full of people. Mortified. And I could feel it. I could feel it. I could feel myself lose it. You know, like yeah. lose the lose the thread, and you're talking, and you're trying to keep it, and like you know, like I was in my 
late thirties. So it wasn't like like when you're younger. It looks yeah, like there yeah. Was, we've all made mistakes when you were younger and maybe didn't. Know yeah, but you know, it's so in my head, it's like oh, I know how to get myself out of this because I've done this on stage and comedy. Fuck, <laughs> I'm just not getting this. Oh well, I'll, you know what? I'll just sit down. So that's mine. I I didn't realize how bad this was at the time until it was pointed out to me by someone else after the fact. But I uh, <laughs> and look, there's a lot of. It was so. It was John Lasseter who used to be the head of Pixar before yep. he had some um, issues where he has been removed. Yep, like to uh, hug people apparently. Yes, uh. yes, yes, yes. Um, and so I was dry at, or wet. Sorry. I was <laughs> I was at a dinner with him for uh, I can't remember what it was for, but uh, Cars was on its way. So he, I was just asking him about that, and was at a dinner. Is he was he as like? Full on as I imagine he is Yeah, like physically large But like, like I've watched interviews with him Where I've had started having a panic attack It's like, okay man, like, yeah, just it, chill it, out Just uh, an intensity yeah. uh, of positivity that is yeah. It is yeah. a lot Yeah, the darker the photo The brighter the photo, the darker the negative, right? But I was <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I was just so it, You know, you're trying to walk that fine line yeah. of I want him to know that I'm a fan. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't want to go too hard. Yeah. Uh, and, and Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Looked like a quote-unquote fan or a fanatic. Yeah. Mm. And mm-hmm. so I was just asking him about the movie and... He, of all the films that I got to talk to him about, it's Cars. And he was talking about his love of Cars and how he used to take these trips when they were a kid. And I have no connection with Cars. Mm. I just don't have that at all. So it was hard to relate because I'm trying to get it back to animation and what Pixar does. And he's trying to stick to keeping it about Cars and highways and the long lost art of the road trip. and 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 then... So we just get to the the end of his uh, dreamy trip down memory lane, and then I just say, "So you're going to have John Ratzenberger in this one? Because he always does cameos in all of the Pixar films." Yeah. And he says, "Yeah." And I and I went, "Phew!" But I, as I found out later, did it in a very over the top, sort of comical, literal mop of the brow, panto kind of way. That the person who was next to me at the when we got home turned around, looked at me, and went and did the big brow wipe. Phew! And I went, "What? And like, what the fuck was that?" He's just done this big thing, and then 
And then I think back and went, yeah, the conversation kind of, that's when suddenly you're at a round table all eating and suddenly he turns to the person on his right away from you. And I was like, yeah, maybe he thought I just wasn't listening or paying attention, but it was one of those ones afterwards I went, that was my lasting impression was to do this, listen to this wonderful story of his childhood in cars and why he wanted to make this film. And I've just gone... Is uh, that one guy that does voices going to be in it? Phew. Because Carl's boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks for sharing those tedious memories. Is I did, take, I did take the miniature matchboxes that he gave me and pocketed them and took them home. <laughs> yep. And I still have them. Yeah. So you, who's the winner here? Yes. So did you. Phew. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't realise until you were told later that you'd take the conversation? I was completely unaware See, that's a of, blessing. of the physicality yeah. I had taken on. No, that's, yeah. a, that's a blessing. Yeah. To, not, to not realise until after the fact that but you it like, claimed it like that. Nice to have known so I could have somehow reclaimed some footing later. But I also don't know. I don't think I'm not sure if he read it that way. It's one of those ones yeah, yeah, yeah. that then after the fact, I'm like, was it that bad? And, yeah. and my friend's like, yeah, it was. It was pretty bad. Well, and it might not have been. And it might not have been. Yeah. But all I can think of is like, I, you should have said something at the time because if I did completely botch it with him, I would like to have fixed that. Yes. But now I look back and go, oh, I think I'm fine. He is was it, too busy worrying is, about inappropriately hugging someone. He is did that, have to hug someone. <laughs> is that one of the? Is that a memory that pops into your head when you're least expecting it? Like yes. you know, I'm if, very acutely aware of my reaction to things when somebody right. tells me something. But do you, is it one of those things where like you'll be walking at ten thirty on a on a Tuesday uh-huh. to go and get some milk and then that pops well, into your head. It's, it does come up a lot. Like when you said, name a, an instance, that's yeah. like the first one that came up and I put it to the side because I went, <laughs> I'm sure there's a worse one because in the yeah. moment I didn't feel it. Yeah. And I think because I didn't feel it in the moment, it's okay. Yeah. But yeah, there are those ones where you're just like, oh, it makes your skin <laughs> yeah. teeth hurt when you think oh, about the dumb thing you said or the, the person you, you thought they were in the... Mm-hmm. You've you've said I really loved you in that film and they weren't in it yeah. or something like that. Mm. Yeah. What about you, Ben? Mm. Who has uh, barely been able to move? Should we uh, start by when was the time you said something to someone and it ended well? Let's start with that. Oh fuck and then- you! <laughs> I'm incredibly charming. <laughs> like Adam Richards back on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. All over. Oh, far out. Yeah. Yep. You've heard this story. Set before. a precedent. Yeah. I. Yeah. You know the one. Yeah. This, this I'll is, let you tell. It's, right. it's the most mortifying. It's, un, it's so awful. <laughs> it's so it's so awful. Uh, so I was lucky enough when I started working at the comedy store when I was like twenty three or something, mm-hmm. meeting a lot of people that I admired, and not fucking it up, just kind of being present and being you know whatever, and and not imposing my will on people that I probably wanted to hang out with or whatever, just kind of being just happy to be there. And so I kind of thought I'm bulletproof. I can meet pretty much anyone and not. Be shaken or phased, and then, and then, and then there was a ten-year period of my life where Grant Morrison's work was like holy writ scripture, like the Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in terms of like a writer, he like I don't know who I would be without him. He really wrote my cosmology. Maybe not so much now, but definitely that period of my twenties and thirties, big time. Uh, and he got me into sigil magic. Do you know what you know what sigil magic is? Oh yes, yes, yeah. So for anyone that doesn't know, that's when you con- construct a little glyph. And you charge, it's like, it's like channeled will. It's magic that makes a thing happen. So you write your desire down, turn it into a witchy symbol and then charge it with energy, most often by masturbating over it. 
uh, and charging it with cosmic orgasmic energy. Yeah, uh, now I can't masturbate over people. I can only ma- yeah. masturbate over like yeah. northern runes. runes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, she seems quite attractive, but no squiggly lines. Yeah. Every time I see corporate symbols. <laughs> uh, so uh, it's 2011, and I'm in Edinburgh doing my first Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Right. And it's like mind blowing because I'm, you know, I mean, uh, you both. You're there. Yeah. I've never done it. Oh, it's like I mean, it really makes you realise what a kind of cultural backwater Australia can be. Like within a, a week, I'd seen Stuart Lee, I'd seen Philip Glass, yeah, like just on and on sure. and on, just all these heroes. Uh, and then we get word that Grant Morrison is doing a talk about his new book, and then he's doing a meet and greet. And I'm like, this is unfucking believable. Uh, but this was before Morrison Con. Uh, so I'd never b- been in a room with him. I'd never gotten an opportunity to tell him how much he meant to me. Uh, and uh, <laughs> so I watched the talk. And I, like you're probably beyond this because you've met a lot of fucking famous people. Sorry, for everyone listening, Rove has literally put his head in his hand. I feel I know where we're going, but I'm not... I'm gonna, you just don't know how we I'm get I'm going to enjoy the journey. <laughs> I'm still going to enjoy the journey. So, I, I, like... I don't know if either of you have had this thing before, but where someone means something so much to you mm-hmm. and you forget that they don't know you, but you have the illusion of knowing them. Like, yes. I know you, I know yeah. you. And what you wrote was just for me. Clearly it wasn't because they're hugely popular comics that millions of people have read and they've obviously touched lots of people, but it was for me. Uh, and there's a part of your brain that thinks if I can just say the right thing, we'll be friends. Of course. We'll be friends. He'll invite me to his Scottish castle He'll, re- he'll retroactively write me into all of his comics. We'll be friends. Uh, and so I, <laughs> so I watched... I watched Jerk this. off over runes together. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be magical. Yep, it's nothing strange. No. It's just a rune, mate. It's just a rune, mate. Just a couple of mates hanging just out over sweet runes. Sigil, yeah, sweet connection. sigil magic with Grant. Daddy Grant. Uh, a so rune with some goo. <laughs> <laughs> so we watched the talk and I'm already like getting way ahead of myself sure. in my head. You're not head. even listening to the talk. Yeah, it's just what like, you're going to say afterwards. We're, we're going we're to be friends. We're going to be friends. Yeah. And then we... Oh. And so we, we line up. And I'm pretty convinced, had I been like third or fourth in the line, we probably wouldn't have been friends. But I would have nailed it. I would have been okay. But, you know, you got too long. It's like sometimes it happens when you're waiting to go on stage. Right. You know, if you were second on the night, you would have crushed. Yes. But sure. you're second last and you've had way too much time to head fuck yourself and mm-hmm. you go yeah. out and all of a sudden, can't talk properly. Uh, and so I'm in the line, I'm getting close. And as, as each person goes, I'm getting closer and closer to this guy who's like, you know, I'm not religious, but he was the closest thing to some kind of deity for me. And, oh... I'd, oh, it's so mortifying, guys. Uh, I'd brought my... I'd, oh, oh, I'd brought the Thoth tarot card, the Hierophant, because that, because that was my tarot person, according to my cosmology, cosmological numbers, and I was going to get him to sign that sure. and use it in my signal magic. Right. <laughs> and so I get to the front of the line, and he's like, hey, how you going, Mitt? And I get to the front of the line, and I just like, Throat goes dry, I clam up, and I've got like the full like Mark David Chapman eyes, like like sketched out. Oh, so not blurting out. No, no, no. I'm like Opposite. frozen and like, and you can see he's kind of like, uh, like bad energy coming off this guy. And all I can say is, I, uh, I, 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 I just want you to know, um, I, 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 I did, um, I did sigil magic to make this happen. Oh. Yeah. 
and like immediately like just want to fucking like start barfing every like this is the word and everything that implies yeah you know, absolutely yeah, yeah. <laughs> to make yeah. Th- to make this happen this yeah. glorious moment where I'm I wank to manifest yeah, this I'm making yeah. my hero yeah. feel like John Lennon did in his last <laughs> minutes of life yeah uh, and he's just like yeah I'll okay, it and like signs the hierophant like that's my, that's my that's my magic card yeah. he's like all right and I'm like and uh-huh. I walk away and it's immediately like you fuck fuck. And I'm standing there hating myself and my friend Eric was behind me in the line. He just fucking slides up to Grant like, hey man, how are you going? And they're just laughing and having a great time. It yeah. was just, and now it you was... no longer talk to Eric. Oh, fuck. Oh, I was so... Because he's at the castle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now. Can't get in touch with him. Thanks. So he runes. Yeah. It was... <laughs> All over Thoth. It was the worst moment of my life and it's one of those ones that you just referenced before where it's like whatever it is 2011 fuck yeah and i feel that is a moment you have relived multiple times a story you have told multiple times but even as you're retelling it now just as in the retelling you are being drawn back into that moment just before you physically it's like you're physically reliving oh yeah i'm about to step forward it's and horrific. this moment is happening like Groundhog Day all over. I again. still remember his eyes, oh just like God. get the fuck, get oh this guy God. away from me. And it's like, and it's that thing where it's like, <laughs> you know, where you try to, you're like, well, I know I'm not that guy. Like I've just been possessed in the moment. Yeah, and maybe well, it's if I, because I can just what you're trying out. to do is, you know, you don't have long. Yeah. You're trying to get out as succinctly as you can a lot of information. Yeah. So how do I say I'm a fan, not just a fan? I'm a deep fan. Well, I'll reference sigil magic. Yeah, exactly. And also in pointing out how much it means to be here. Yeah. Because I Awful. I adore you so Hideous. much. And it just blurts out. And it comes out as, I wanked over you this afternoon to make <laughs> this happen. <laughs> <laughs> and just it, awful. But uh, I got to meet him a few times after that and they were great. Did you reference God, no. And he would have never remembered it no, at all. I, of course. I the, feel he would have. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's got a lot of weird I feel fans. I feel there's probably a lot of sigil references that have come his way. <laughs> yeah. For a one of a better of mine, phrase. Because yeah. um, at um, uh, Graphic, he came for Graphic, the comic festival in Opera House, and he did a signing there. And a friend of mine had a similar fuck-up moment where he got to the... to the And there's this book called The Filth. Uh, and there's a moment in The Filth where the main character passes out in a pile of rubbish and realises his oneness with garbage. Uh, <laughs> and, and my friend Blake got to the line. He's like, uh, I, um, I really um, related to that part where he was um, in the, the garbage. <laughs> and and yeah. Grant Morrison like, burst out laughing. He's like, yeah, we've all been there, mate. Yeah, oh, there you go. Well, that's a nice save, at least. Could have done that to you. Jesus. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, w- when I'm, you know, putting these scripts together, you know, I just kind of write questions that I think will generate conversation, mm-hmm. etc. And then I got through and I finished and I was really happy with all these places that we could go. And then I looked at that and then I remembered that story and I thought, Awful. should I take it out? But no. it's too good a story not no, to... Sometimes you've got to marinate in your failures, right? No, that's it. That's it. <laughs> but, you know, the, um, the it was the graphic uh, festival where I was standing alongside him because I got to interview him, Dave McKean and Len Wein, the creator oh, wow, of cool. uh, Wolverine. So and cool. And uh, and I was standing next to Grant and his wife, uh, their wife, and uh, the lead singer of My Chemical Romance. And there was we were watching the fireworks over the uh, harbour, and a helicopter with these 
green blades uh, flew through the night sky and it looked amazing and I turned around and I made eye contact with Grant at that point and he looked at me and he said it's the Joker's helicopter <laughs> and I went oh that's right you're just as nerdy as the rest of us so um one of the best aspects of this movie is that there is no filler in it uh Modern day comedy writers could learn from this, and it mm-hmm. isn't long before our hero Jason Nesmith is approached by aliens. And uh, I wanted to ask you guys if you were approached by aliens who believed that some part of your past work is real, what would you, what era of your work would you like aliens to believe <laughs> oh, in? Lovely. Lovely. Do you want me to give you some thinking time and tell you mine? Please. I, I would like aliens to have seen my very first, uh, very first headline spot when I was in the Bunta Boys, because when we first started, we didn't realise that you could repeat material, so we kept writing a new ten minutes every week for two months, and then it was a small scene, and so then they said, "Do you want to make? Uh, do you want a headline?" And we didn't realise that you could take a little bit from here and a little bit from here and a little bit from here and a little bit from here. And we were like, "Fuck, we're gonna have to write." like a, a new 25 minutes. So we wrote a new 25 mm. minutes, which ended up being a 45-minute headline spot, and it was called The Bunter Boys' Really Shitty Circus. And it was, we had all these guests, and it was, the premise was, it, the Jim Rose Circus was touring at the time, oh, and was, the premise an was era. that Dougie had booked all the acts that Jim Rose rejected. <laughs> so our lifto wasn't a man who could lift concrete with his nuts. Our lifto was a young guy who just kept stealing my wallet. We had Spido, a guy who could spit all the way down into a cup and then suck it back up. And as it keeps progressing, I'm getting angrier and angrier with Dougie, who, like, my character is. And he's like, no, you're going to love the next act. And it's like the incredible peg lady who was uh, Mm -hmm. our friend Fred. She came out as this mysterious woman who could put pegs on different parts of her body while dancing. And then it ended with uh, two clowns who came out and did a mime act. And one of the clowns was from the band The Clowns of Decadence. And it finished with them blowing flames across over my head and uh, actually us, doing that yeah That's and 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 then it finished with um with us all on stage doing this uh doing a song parody of the bob Geldof song i don't mind at all and uh oh yeah i don't mind at all and it was like the audience was like what the fuck is happening <laughs> i got covered in petrol and the I, we hadn't run it past anyone. Like, we hadn't run it past anyone. And someone came up and said, you made sure that it was okay to blow flames in here before you did it. And, you know, when someone asks you the question and you have a moment where you go, oh, yeah, like, we really should have asked someone and just looking at them going, yes. Yes, we did. and we Because had, everything worked out fine. Because everything worked out fine. Oh, I so see if, a return of circus magic, Hammer. So if crazy. aliens saw any part of my career mm. and wanted us to take us somewhere to... That's the era I want. I want that exact gear. And they would think that you and Damo were actual brothers, so that'd be fun. That'd too. be fun. And we'd have to get the uh, get all the uh, performers back together and they'd, they'd be, you know, there'd be problems like, you know, how does Lifto... How do we work out that Lifto can steal stuff? Like, the way he kept lifting my wallet was I had six wallets on me. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's the era that I would like. I did a... Uh, a play, a co-wrote a play with a friend of mine for a comedy festival where we were failed superheroes. <laughs> um, the premise was two, uh, so a superhero and his sidekick who didn't have the funds that um, 
Batman had. Yeah. And that was kind of his his bugbear was that well you can you can be a great superhero if you've got all the money yeah. in the world. They were just living in a flat. And so to make to make ends meet, they rented out their spare room. Yeah. And the guy who uh, took the spare room turned out to be their arch nemesis, but none of them knew because they were all as their alter egos whenever they were in the flat together. That's oh, great. great. Um, <laughs> That's a really good idea. It was really great fun. It was called Superhero Street. And my... Ahead of the curve. Yeah. My, uh, my hero was called uh, Captain... Captain Impressive, and he was he was a bit of a dick, um, bombastic, stupid. Not stupid, but just not as smart as he thought he was. Right, and just a bunch of fun to play as a character. So if someone said to me, <laughs> "We need you to come and fight evil, villainous aliens on our planet," and I have to do it as this character. Would be great. That's right. one of the things that in in the film I would have liked to have seen a little bit more is people leaning into this idea of, well, we're actors, we can improvise. Yeah. We've got years of yeah. dialogue, and you see um, the the character of Jason at the very first con when he's coming out with all the swagger in the world. Yeah. He's doing all the lines, and yeah. he knows the show inside out to kind of like to throw a bit of that at um, the the. The villain, what was his name again? Saras. Saras. To say, well, I've done, you know, like I, I fought this guy on yeah. this planet and I've yeah. thwarted this, like just yeah. double down on yeah. the, yeah. you know, on the bluff. Um, I feel I could have done that as Captain Impressive and yeah. just at, at the very least confused some yeah. alien <laughs> overlord. Yeah. What about you, Ben? Um, I guess the. Look, when you. When you spent most of your comedy career just ranting and raving, you kind of <laughs> lean into you lean into the more socially responsible things that you've done. I, I would I, the the era of comedy that I am most proud of is the show I was telling you guys about off mic, uh, where I talked for an hour about good colorectal health. Oh yeah, and, right. Uh, and, and, and the benefits yeah. of uh, going to the toilet properly, yep. which is something that we don't do in the West. And so, uh, I, the feedback that I got after every performance of that was pretty profound. Yeah, I would have a lot of especially dudes. Coming up to me going, thanks, man. You pointed out a lot of stuff that I've been worried yeah. about for ages and I'm going to change my ways. So you want aliens that are arseholes with poor diets to take you to their planet so you can give them a lecture on how to get a little bit more regular. Well, opposite, like flip the script and get them to uh, defecate the wrong way so that they have poor uh, bowel health. Because who knows how they defecate on yeah, another right. planet. That's the other thing, right. <laughs> like just the first thing you need to do is stop leaking out of your... I want to say ear, yeah. that hole on the side of your head. No, that's, yeah. that's where our anus is. Okay, uh, this is yeah. going to be a tougher job than I thought. Yeah, yeah, this is a tough one. What's that going on behind your elbow? I'd that's rather my that than an, uh, like an alien latches on to something that you weren't 100% on, just one of those... One of those filler bits that if you've got an hour show, there's always that bit that you're like, this really is just to link from point A to 100%. point B. Yeah. And that's the one that they go, oh, my gosh, yeah. you've just completely understood everything that we believe in. <laughs> yeah. And we need you to come and preach that to all of... That's funny. I would consider that 2011 to 2019. <laughs> <laughs> um, the amount of time I was like, I got what I just got... A, a, a bunch of Twitter hate the other week for making jokes about a, a story that was on the project about camel milk and me just going to town on it. And be like, the, the poor family, they're trying to make it in a tough time by milking camels and you're just shitting all over it. I'm like, 
Well, yeah, because you know what I, what you don't get a lot out of is me coming back and going, that's a really great idea and I wish them all the best. Well, on the project, You know what my job laugh. is, is to come back and go, have we run out of animals to milk? Yeah. How, where are we at? That's yeah. weird. I'll stick to my dog milk. Thank you very much. Yeah. You know, so if someone had come back to go, well, apparently you are really into dog milk, come to our planet because <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are going to have... The best time of your life, like when they get served up their yeah their food from yeah, their home right. their yeah. home planets, and Ellen yeah. Rickman's got a, right. a bowl of bugs. It just whereas Tim Allen's eating the greatest steak <laughs> in his life. Made. Yeah, <laughs> such a great scene. Like so many great scenes. What would be your ideal meal? Oh, it would be um, something uh, that's covered in gravy. It could just be gravy on its own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it would need to be gravy. My daughter knows my favorite food is gravy. Poutine. Right. Uh, poutine would be fantastic. Yeah, hot chips, a, a good pub schnitty with gravy on it. Anything just that gets covered mm. in gravy. Could be a yeah. decent steak, could be a shitty schnitty. Either way, coat it with gravy. I'm a happy man. Chocolate mousse on the side. Good night. Ooh. And a little, just a nice, nice fucking whiskey. Just a nice little yeah, shot of whiskey. Yeah, right. That's nice. What about you? I've been eating the same breakfast every morning for, <laughs> for 20 years. How's that worked out for you in I your ass? Is it love, good? Yeah, well, no, it's, it's perfect. Yeah. So, uh, two poached eggs oh. on corn crackers with hummus and uh, some uh, uh, dried truffle. Yeah, right. Oof. I've I'm eaten in. the same breakfast for about six weeks straight. And it's been uh, because I because it gets me out of the apartment first thing in the morning. So I've been down at that, uh, you know, where we got the coffees yes, earlier. Yes. I've been getting uh, an eggplant burger that's Ooh. got halloumi uh, and eggplant, uh, fried egg and a hash brown on it. Dang. That is a delicious way to start the day as well. Every, you've been getting that every morning for six weeks? No, 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 six days. Oh, um, six days. Because uh, right, right. <laughs> they close on give him on that? <laughs> how, long have, how long have we got with Hammer here at the moment? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that, 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 but poch- that wouldn't be the meal that I would want. I'd probably want some kind of delicious pasta. Yeah, you're a big oh, pasta yeah, guy. Like yeah. pasta. You do make a spectacular pasta sauce. Thank you. Yeah. Like the best pasta sauce I've ever eaten in any kind of home situation or restaurant oh, situation. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I make a lot of it. I'm like many men. I have two things I cook. Have you ever had his pasta sauce? Yes, I have. There's yeah. levels of texture in it that are just fantastic. Yeah, just the right amount of spices. Fantastic. I'm having a good time with it. But the poached eggs <laughs> breakfast, it's the only meal. It's so str- Like, I've never been bored of it. I wake up every morning and I'm like, oh. I feel I'm eggs so can do excited. no wrong. You yeah. could I'm eat, so excited. You could say to someone, if someone said, uh, what did you just have to eat? And you said eggs. Any time of day, that's great. Mm, if someone yeah. says, what did you just have to eat? And you say cereal and toast. And it's 8 o'clock at night. Yeah. They will look at you like you have just something wrong shot. with you. Oh, yeah. What is wrong with you? Are you a shift worker? Are you a shift worker? Yeah. You better sh- be a shift worker. You better be a shift worker. You better be an alien from another planet masquerading <laughs> as a human being right now. Jerry you're getting, Yeah, because you're getting it slightly wrong. Yeah. Um, the lead alien, uh, Mathisar, is that how you pronounce his yes. name? Um, Beautifully by the, played. By mm. the way... Walks to, away with this film. Yeah, my favourite character in the movie. He has, he has a similar cadence to Andrew Scott in Sherlock as Moriarty. Oh, you know what? Never picked up on that. Like, it's the tone. It's yeah. the, it's the, that it's very sort of soft is tone, off. isn't it? Yes. Yeah, Sherlock. You yeah, know, it's yeah. that, yeah, I have a plan that you are not expecting. Yes. <laughs> um, he takes Jason with him to his sh- uh, ship and the solidified clear substance that shoots you through space looks crazy stressful. If you have to travel through space mm-hmm. to get to a starship, how do you want to do it? Space elevator. You want to be in an elevator? 
I want to. Like, I want to go. I like the idea of because like, this has been posited yes. space elevator as a way yeah. of getting to the. It's seriously. Yeah. I, I reckon it would be outstanding because yeah. you'd actually get the kind of. I mean, I'm assuming you wouldn't just shoot up real fast. Yeah. So you'd really get that kind of awe. Right? Yeah, you'd have to take a book. Oh no, you wouldn't. The music, the the music would be Earth, a bit mate. incessant. Oh, it? so it's clear. Yeah, oh, yeah, like, okay, like, okay. Yeah, 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 like Charlie, yeah. Charlie Glass Elevators, right, 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 right. So yeah. you actually get to see like the. Well, that's because I was going to say a vehicle of some description because I would want to enjoy the journey, oh, even right. if after a while it's like being at sea. We go, it's just, I get it. There's stars and there's more stars. Yeah, I feel that there would still be things to see and take in. Oh. The idea of being transported. Or teleported, or putting goop and rocketed. Shot. Yeah, I would like to enjoy the the trip. Right? Would you go so, up? Yeah, in a heartbeat, man. Yeah, it's one of my big dreams is to go up. It'd be. I think it'd be quite incredible. Oh, yeah. It would just be. I think. I, I'm the problem you, is, you, I feel you'd need to do it more than once. I feel the first time you'd yeah. be too busy trying to take it all in. It's like skydiving. Yeah. The first time I went skydiving, I got to the bottom and I was just like, oh yeah. And it was like a day later, I'm the sure. shot that like it hit, yeah. and I was like, "Whoa!" That was like I think some things are so awesome for your monkey brain that you kind of check out a bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, I th- and I believe being shot off the surface of the planet, maybe yeah, it would kind of. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I just want uh, a door that opens in space time, so I just uh, it opens up right here, and I step through, and then, <laughs> then I'm there. Of course, you do. It's convenient. No, yeah. no, no, no time to piss around. I'm a Virgo. Uh, Jason discovers the truth about the aliens and that they believe Galaxy Quest is about real people and have also built a ship to replicate their starship. What they don't know is what the secret super weapon, the Omega-13, does. So, you're put on the spot Mm -hmm. and you have to claim what this weapon does. Uh. What do you claim that it can do? I would be saying it's some... It's it's an all-powerful weapon that will destroy everything you know and again i would just double down on you don't even want to use this you right this is like a the equivalent of a control alt delete we're pulling the plug out right. of this thing if right you, you do not want to set this thing off yeah to have it makes you powerful yeah it's like nuclear weapons on my planet yeah you're going cold you, war yeah theory. you yeah. have it so that you don't so no one comes after you, but don't push it. Do yeah, not push yeah, yeah. it. Man, yeah, man, but don't throw me in the briar patch. <laughs> yeah. Whatever you do, like you yeah. don't want to use this weapon because yeah. if you do, like you're gone, I'm gone, we're all gone. Yeah. I once had a, um, a just as a quick uh, tangent, I hope this doesn't take us off track too much. What are you talking about? You listen to this podcast. <laughs> I, I had a friend, uh, I've got a friend who loves just going... You know, uh, thought thought experiment. Boom. Right. Here's your situation. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. And we were away on holiday and he said, right, you're at, uh, it, it, this is in the States, you're at a ball game. Huh. There's a guy behind you who's getting rowdy. You speak up and tell him to sit down. He suddenly wants to pick a fight with you. What do you do? What do you do? Do you back down? Do you take him on? Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. And everyone had to sort of, and I was like, oh, I don't know. Really? And then I went, give me a minute. And I went off. Back to my room and then we caught up later. I said, I've got my scenario, which is you want to hit me? Go ahead and hit me. But before you do, let me tell you something. If you hit me, I will go down probably pretty hard. I will be injured and then I'm going to sue you. And I'm going to do you a service right now because you don't know who I am. I'm kind of important in my country. And if I 
don't if something happens to me and I can't work, a lot of people are going to lose money right now. You know what? I'm even going to give you a sporting chance. I'll give you five seconds to Google my name and see what comes up. And because then if you hit me, you know what happens? Do you have a child? Do they go to school? They don't go to school anymore. Do they? Do you have a car? You don't have a car anymore. Do you have a house? It's gone. Because I will sue you and the people who employ me will sue you for everything you have. So five seconds to Google me and then you decide if you want to swing a punch or not. Oh, that's great. That's an incredible power. That's what I would do to this alien overlord with the Omega-13. That's great. I would do exactly the same thing, and then when I said Google me, I'd say my name was John Cusack. <laughs> my name is Andrew Denton. Yeah. Um, I've, I've, I've played... I've, I've actually done... I've obviously not the don't you know who I am, but the whole, like, well, you can hit me, but, like, kind of a reverse cuck situation where it's like, look at me. Like, look at me. I'm five foot six. You're massive. Like, like really. Like, no, but it works. It really. Like, I've as you can imagine, I've been in many situations. Where I, I've wank shot my mouth yeah, I, I wank over tarot cards. I wank over tarot cards. Look at me. Yeah. I'm a dumpy little Jew. Uh, and like appealing to their kind of machismo in that way diffuses a situation. It's happened multiple times where they're like, "Oh, oh you're I would, right. if 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 I had to, I would just cower into a small ball. I've done yeah, that and too. just whimper. I'd happily do that. No shame." <laughs> I'd hope that I would black out and when I came to, not only would they be dead, but the six people around me would also be dead and I'd be covered in nine types of different blood and I don't understand where the other three came from. Yeah, right, Moon Knight. That's why I, 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 I am surprised that no one at any point in the film just went, let's just make something up yeah. and, be, and be proven wrong and then that yeah. leads to, okay, okay, we have to come yeah. clean. There's a lot of moments where their first instinct is, just tell them we're actors. Tell them we're actors. Yeah. Well, which I, I think, feel is kind of like I a, think it's a, a statement a, on actors. Yes, that's true. <laughs> Guess what they can't do? They can't improvise. You know what? That's true. You, you think as comics, you go, just improvise. But yeah. I know a lot of actors who can't do that because yeah. they're used to being given the lines yeah. or... The, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I, I guess because I feel that they all know their roles and their characters yeah. and they can borrow dialogue that they would know from certain episodes. Yeah. At the same time, I know one of the biggest criticisms that some people in especially the sci-fi world who work on shows like this have of the fandom is we don't have I don't you know I don't know why this episode and what I said and did mm-hmm. then doesn't match up with that one like the yeah. Justin Long character going we just can't work out why yeah. in this episode you said this but in this episode you said that yeah when they're like I, I'm just the actor. I don't yeah. know. I'm too busy trying know. to memorize the next yeah. script. I don't even know. Like in that, in that, even if it's like in that one episode, w- like what happened when you were doing this with that actor, and yeah. they would go, "I don't even remember that actor being yeah, on the yeah, show." Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's so. I, I, I kept, <laughs> I kept reminding myself of that a yeah. lot with this too. Yeah, so, yeah. What would, what would you do with the weapon, Ben? Uh, I would like to, uh, in that whole improvising realm, uh, I would convince them that it was some kind of personal force field slash, you know, uh, protection device that granted them some kind of immunity or invincibility. And then when they uh, launched it on themselves, just pow, pow, shoot them in the head. Right on. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, I would have it that once pressed, anyone in close vicinity will hum the chorus to the crash test dummies mm-hmm, <laughs> until their voice bucks. Erupts. I would like to see a bit more of that. I, it, again, <laughs> we're going to come back to this a lot probably with me. But this is what happens a lot in Doctor Who. It's just yeah. the Doctor just gets away with just, I'm just going to say something yeah. really weird and obtuse and the yeah. villain is stopped in their tracks going, what the fuck are you talking mm-hmm. about? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Suddenly you're just going, oh, I really wish I had some jam sandwiches right now. Yeah. Like the idea that, yeah, you could just 
throw something like that yeah. at them and just say, trust me, my entire planet has gone down singing this song. Yeah. Sing it now, sing it, sing it now. And you'd have yeah. this alien giant cricket thing just going, what are you talking about? Sing, mm, sing it. It's yeah. annoying, right? Yeah. Imagine that stuck in your head every day. Do you want yeah. that? You don't yeah. want that. You'll just keep going till your head implodes. <laughs> uh, Jason misreads the situation with Saris and dismisses him and uh, thinks he's gotten away with it. What situation? Not just dismisses him, shoots it, fires like, at him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like really <laughs> fucking, <laughs> you know, he's having, he's, you know, he's having cosplay time. What situation have you been in that you've totally misread? Kind of. Uh, I can um, I can give you an example of one. I once uh, in the 90s had a Vietnam vet threaten to cut me in a bar after he saw me make a joke about uh, how I had flashbacks, how I'd been to, to Nam, and, uh, but it was on a Contiki tour in 1989 and I took 39 shots of tequila to the gut. But the, the idea of the joke was making fun of people who talk up their experiences. Oh, yeah, man, I've been to Nam. Ah. I went to Nam. But he totally missed what the joke was about, thought it was a joke about Vietnam. Oh. And so when he was first talking to me, I thought he was in on the joke. So I was like, yeah, blah, 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 blah. And then luckily I had uh, someone who was watching it from afar, so they were removed so they could watch it and go, oh, no, I think. And so what they did was they caused a bit of a ruckus and said, oh, can you help me out with this? And then took me, explained to me what was going on as we walked out the back and uh, I slipped out of there like a real hero. I had a friend, was getting I had a friend who had breast reduction surgery for health reasons. Yep. And oh, no. when I went to see her, has said, oh, by the way, I should let you know um, I've had my boobs done. And I went, ha, 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 because they, had, they didn't look, I was expecting, you just automatically assume bigger. I've yeah. Had so yes. I just thought it was a gag. Yeah. And she went, no, 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 like I've had them, I've had them, I just did what <sighs> I did. It's not always about getting them to an enormous size. Yeah. Sometimes yeah, it's yeah. about just getting them back to a shape that I'm happy with for all these other reasons that I also did it. And I just was like, oh, Thankfully, we knew each other well enough. That yeah, it was it was awkward only for a short amount of time. Yeah, yeah. And she was very good at then understanding why I was like, oh, I, I did. That's probably why I didn't come in. Just going, hey, wow, look at you, just did. yeah. Look, there's less of you. But it was oh. a real. Yeah. But was it? Yeah, it was. Anyway, it was a weird. It was a, a weird moment. That yes, I can. <laughs> a, a person who I just went, well, this is going to be a, a great gag. Yeah. That I look, I look forward to finding out why you threw that one at me. Yeah. Oh, because you really. Did. Yep. Okay. Yep. No, no. I, okay. a, I respect you. I had a similar thing a few weeks ago. A friend of mine's into body modification quite a bit. Uh, like, you know, the big yep. hooped ears and oh, wow. coral yeah, right. implants in oh. the forehead and all kinds of stuff. And, you know, we talk about it quite openly. Uh, and then <laughs> I, I saw her recently and she had the, the, the duck lips, the bee stung lips. Oh, sure. Uh, and I quite insensitively went, what the fuck did you do to your face? And thinking this was in the realm of all the rest. With everything else. In yeah. Her and uh, <laughs> turned out she was allergic to avocado. <laughs> <laughs> no, it turned out that uh, that was actually uh, like a, a separate tangential thing to the rest of the stuff. Right. And it was not taken well. Yeah. As opposed to me laughing about coral horns. I have learned over the years, you let the other person make the joke first, but I learned <sighs> that way too late in life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good lesson. It's better to just be serious and they go, no, I'm only fucking around. You go, sorry, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know. I feel, I feel maybe as a comic, Yeah. I feel 
worse about the idea that a friend makes a joke to me and I don't laugh. Yes. Out of like, at, which leaves them feeling like it fell flat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would much prefer me to go with a joke yeah. and have them go, that wasn't a joke and it, it's on me. Right. To then smooth it over. Yeah. Then the idea that they make a joke and I, I'm not the best audience in the world. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. You're the only person who can make oh, jokes. Oh, sorry, funny man. Far out. Far out. Uh, let's can do- I just say, with the, with the um, Jason being taken onto the ship, I would have liked for there not to have been the reveal straight away that that was happening. Like you yes. see the limo being lifted up. Yeah. And you're very, you're, you, you as the audience, and you see Saris's ship. Yeah. So very quickly you are fed to mm. understand, oh no, this is, so all his stuff of like, oh, normally these sets are made out of cardboard. Yeah. You're like, you're on a spaceship, mate. You, we should be with him thinking, yeah, where is he? I and then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pull yeah. out, yeah. yeah. And yeah. It's, so we find out that it was all real at the moment he finds out. Right, yeah. I thought that was a strange I choice. wonder if that's a, 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 the movie being a product of its time and the, and the movie be- feeling as though it kind of needs to hold the audience's hand Well, a bit you more, know, cause... I reckon the movie's made now and I reckon what you just said, yeah. uh, they do hold off in the, yeah. re- uh, in the reveal. But back then, it was so niche that they probably have to spell it out for yeah. not Yes, that's us. true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, let's do one more question, then we'll take a quick break. Uh, Tim Allen is perfect as the lead actor who is both arrogant, an idiot, positive, and living in the present. <laughs> the rest of the cast are pitch perfect too. Do you have a favourite, and you can't pick Alan Rickman? <laughs> yes. Oh, Sam Rockwell. Yeah, Sam Rockwell. so Sam Rockwell good. is just... As memory serves, this was the first time I ever saw him in anything. Oh, really? Right. And especially... You look at it now as it's Sam Rockwell. Of course, he's just fantastic. Yeah. But I think even back then, I'm not sure what he had done up until that point. Yeah. I'm sure if you go back over his IMDb, there's probably something. But for me, this was his his first foray into film that I yeah. knew of. Certainly, yeah, for me. <laughs> so the fact that he just nails the comedy in yeah. this and the character. Yeah. The, the panic when he realises he doesn't have a last name and he's obviously going to be the one who gets killed yeah, off. Yeah, when they're yeah. heading to the planet, it's like, I didn't want to stay behind because chances are I was going to die, but now I'm heading down to the planet, I'm probably going to die. Yeah. And then... Um, and that ridiculous grin, the grin that he yeah, has. Yeah, at the fantastic. end. Yeah. yeah. But he uh, he just plays that. So Even when he first arrives, you know, he's give, he does all the intros and then they're sitting at the table. He's like, do you mind if I join you at the table? I've got my head shot. Yeah. I'm just going to join in and be part of the cast. Yeah. There's even one of my favourite lines is, that, is when they see the, the little baby-looking aliens and yeah. after he's done the whole... They're gonna they're gonna turn. Yeah. Something nasty is gonna happen, and there's gonna be down. Have you have, have, do, you, do you never watch the show? And then when that actually happens, and they go to run, and yeah. Sigourney Weaver's line is like, "Quit, let's get out of here before one of them kills Guy." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, not us, yeah. him, because that's his role here. She has a couple of lines that slip under the radar a little bit. There, there's a bit later on when she's like, "Ducks, why is it always ducks?" Yes. You know, which is. Perfect uh, for her she, background. She was a real favourite because she was playing so against the type that we expect Sigourney Weaver to play. Yeah. Like, you don't normally see her playing the kind of, you know, quasi-ditzy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's really, it's a really cool performance. But her, and my favourite is um, Tony Shalhoub. Oh, yeah. I think he's great. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think he's so funny. <laughs> and I just, and I love that. In it, but, but, but I love that, that notion of, yeah, this is, this is fine. Yeah. yeah. This is great. Yeah. Been completely unfazed by it. It's, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's and again, fantastic. like it's Tony Shalhoub. Like that's just yeah. another one of those things. You're like, God, 
It's a hell of a cast. It he's, is. He's great. It really is. Uh, Sigourney Weaver playing a parody of those kinds of characters, but still being crazy hot is yeah. overwhelming as well. Because yeah, like, it would be- I'm meant to be laughing at this, but she looks fantastic. It would be. <laughs> it would be nice if her character got to break against the the type that she yeah. was pushing against the whole way. Well, she she does take control, even if it is through her character of I guess repeating that's, stuff. That's true. Yeah, this is what I do. Yeah, uh, Tommy squealing uh, while he's trying to fly the ship made me think. Oh, if we remade this movie with our friends, that would have been Adam Richard. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, the scraping of the ship. Yeah, as they're trying to get out. Yeah, the docking bay. Yeah, Fantastic. Adam squealing. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break, and we'll be back after this. Thank you to Rove and Ben for joining me on today's podcast. Keep an eye out for part two tomorrow. There's some really funny stuff coming your way, and I don't want to ruin it, but (laughs) once again, uh, as you can imagine, the tangents are a lot of fun. A big thank you to our Patreon subscriber, Lee Sullivan. Thanks once again for your support, and remember, if you'd like an episode that's dedicated to you or you'd like to access extra podcasts, scripts, etc., you can join the Big Squid community over at patreon.com forward slash Hamilton underscore Big Squid. And one final reminder for Adelaide peeps, I'm at the Rhino Room June 3rd. That's this Friday. And if you're keen to come along, head to adelaidecomedy.com and use the promo code HAMO, H-A-M-M-O, for a Big Squid discount. Let's finish today's podcast with a quote from Alan Rickman. And it's a human need to be told stories. The more we're governed by idiots and have no control over our destinies, the more we need to tell stories to each other about who we are, why we are, where we come from, and what might be possible. Until then. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.